0: magical place we could go so close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest
1: flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish the dutch arcade show is here hey guys what is up and welcome to the touch arcade show episode number 558 the Tetracade show that is now i think officially a bi-monthly podcast uh last week i don't remember what happened but oh i had somebody installing a fan at my house
0: babysitting
1: and then i had my twin five-year-old nephews over to babysit for the entire day and uh together with our two kids, it was just like madness, complete madness. Mm. So yeah, it seemed like a, a fool's errand to try and record a podcast with all of that going on. Trying uh, to watch two kids. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Four kids, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Four kids. It's not, it's not too bad because the three older ones kind of just play with each other and do their own thing. But then the youngest wants to, do what all they can do and can't because they're all a lot rougher and stuff and so um that's the one you really got to watch but one of these days they'll all be kind of like old enough to just do their own thing and i can just sit back on the couch and come running if i hear screaming or something
0: Is playing the pool
1: just toss them all in the pool and go get lunch somewhere <laughs>
0: well did you uh how far have you made it in
1: zelda uh well i haven't beat it uh probably not far at all because i'm still working on the four things the natural yeah disasters whatever fixing
0: the, the fucked up areas
1: yeah i beat um the bird one and then uh i'm at the place for the underground one the fire temple or whatever but um
0: so you're just mad about that marble rock roast or whatever right now just can't get enough yeah. Of it.
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much well no i got i got that guy sorted out he like got a, from his spell or he was under or whatever so now he's following me around and but i keep getting you know as the game goes i keep getting distracted yeah with whatever i i have one more map area to uncover so i think that'll be my next goal and then um Kind of just been every time I see a shrine within yeah. within vision distance, I'll mark it, and then we'll make our way to over there to beat the shrine. So have you
0: done much of the underground stuff?
1: Not a ton, but I, there was like one day where I really made an effort to like uncover some of that map and um, light up the weird heart shaped things, and um, it's it's crazy. So two weeks ago, I guess how long had it been out one week or something? I think we'd both been playing about a week. Um, And we talked about Zelda. I can't believe I didn't mention the underground. Cause that like blew my mind when we, when you first go. Well, it's
0: surprising because like, I feel like none of the um, like pre-release coverage or anything like even hinted at that. No. And And maybe that was for the best. I don't even think I saw like any like gameplay video of it or like, anything you know i don't
1: think i don't think um all the press preview stuff was very controlled environment and then um the people that got it early i don't think you might have got to the underground in time unless you were like crazy going through it just to get far enough or or whatever so that's it might have just been a fact that like the people that got it early and were streaming it were just like not even aware that there would be an underground yet, or yeah. whatever. So, um, but yeah the the first time diving into the underground blew my mind, and then I I keep calling it the upside down because it feels totally like the upside down. But... but you
0: know the the map is mirrored geographically. What do you so, mean? So like, um, I I don't know. I've I've been trying to figure this out. I've seen a few people been been like, oh, this is the best hint for the underground is like the I guess like mountains. Let me think about this. Mountains in the above ground will be like enormous valleys in the below ground, and
1: oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh, that makes sense. I I've noticed you can see there's like some overlap of certain things, like Mm -hmm. something on the on the ground level will overlap to something interesting on the bottom level.
0: Yeah, and the the shrines mirror mirror one to one with the light seed things. Like the light seed is like the root of the shrine, basically.
1: Oh, interesting. So okay, I, I don't I, think I did notice
0: that. I um I got uh I don't think that's a spoiler. I'm sorry if anyone feels like it is, but yeah, like I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it it's just a matter of like noticing it on the map, you know, because like there's the mm-hmm. three layers on the map. Mm-hmm. And I was like on the wrong layer and I was like, "Wait a minute, like every single one of these is where a shrine is." And then I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, okay, this because before I was getting a little frustrated with the, like the underground stuff being like, man, i am just truly wandering around in the yeah. dark with like totally, no idea what yeah. i'm doing and everything else and then i started like targeting shrines that i had done before um, and then like it all started to make sense and i started having fun uh with the underground stuff because like the yeah. enemies all are all harder and the um yeah the um what is it the gloom that like saps your Mm -hmm. uh permanently like saps your hearts until you like come back into the sun that yeah that whole mechanic makes fighting like really suck yeah i mean i I guess it should be difficult you know but it it, like right it feels like it matters but um for for uh, another good tip is if you've updated your uh pura pad to Mm -hmm. have the travel medallion thing
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can
0: just dump one of those on the ground like warp anywhere up and mm-hmm. heal the hearts that got broken from the gloom mm-hmm. and then just immediately wore yeah. back to i mean you still need to heal but like yeah. you don't need like the super special food that yeah uh takes like whatever i don't know what ingredient it is but i feel like i've only found like four of them
1: right no like i know what you mean
0: sunflower or whatever goofy name yeah. it is for that um, yeah
1: i just got the travel medallion not too long ago and then um that was kind of what prompted me to want to finish off getting all the towers so you could unlock the next one or whatever mm-hmm. but um yeah i uh something about the underground like the whole mood just changes so oh, it's crazy
0: awesome. it's that, really awesome
1: and and i remember we talked about this before where i was like worried that the the game didn't change too much because it takes place in the same Hyrule. And I was like, OK, yeah, there's these sky islands. But like, really, how meant how much new area is that? And right. it almost felt like this would just be like some DLC area they stuck in the sky or something, you know. Um, and then when you see the underground and it's essentially, as far as I could tell, as big as the overworld map. Yeah, it's the same size. Um, yeah, it's that's huge. crazy. That's like a whole nother world. So, yeah. Um. Anyway super fun. I'm not sure how many hours I put in or if there's anywhere to even check that, but um we've been putting in some pretty decent hours with me and the kiddo. I'm still I'm still a little worried that it's too I think he's might still be too young for it cuz his thing now is when we're not playing he runs around pretending any of us are bad guys and tries hitting us to, <laughs> to defeat us and I'm like, "Please stop hitting. This isn't a video game." But um yeah we are having fun that's probably not great but whatever no but it's you know the rest of it i mean it's not at least it's not like violent violent stuff and um it's given me a chance to kind of explain that to him like hey this is a video game like we don't hit in real life we don't battle monsters in real life yeah (laughs) but um the all the non-combat stuff is super up his alley like he loves shrines and he loves like what are we going to do in this shrine? like what are we supposed to do or whatever and I'm like i don't know we got to find out and look yeah, around yeah. and figure out the physics of whatever's going on and um he loves that stuff which i think is pretty cool so um but yeah i wish i could just let him know like hey we don't hit in real life we're not sword fighting in real life that stuff's not cool
0: yeah um, no my my one kind of critique on the game is that I wish that um I wish that there was a better reward for taking out like the different camps of um like uh moblins or whatever the yeah, enemies are guys. called, you know. Yeah because there's all these like all these different camps in the overworld and they'll
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean I guess you get a few fusion materials and stuff, but just like sometimes I don't know. It's it's weird because like you know, like so Diablo four came out uh, yesterday. I've been playing it and like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll go in like and there's all kinds of different random dungeons. Right. So you go into like it's a random basement somewhere and kill a bunch of guys and, and you always get like a decent reward for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas um the the one thing I wish was different about tears of the kingdom was like, you know, you'll sometimes fight like a super like difficult kind of camp full of dudes. that You need to kind of like approach a little strategically and maybe like, yeah, burn some of your like arrow fusion kind of right, things right, right. that you maybe wanted to save for like boss fights or whatever and then it's like yeah. oh the chest has 10 arrows in it you know it's like yeah that was kind of dumb
1: or like the lowest tier bow that you don't even have room for anyway yeah yeah or
0: oh here's yeah, five rupees good job
1: yeah i've been dealing with a lot of that and too. i'm like I... constantly
0: broke in the game too i don't know if it's just me but i just mm. like never
1: have money so i'm a i'm a, a cheater i did the item item um oh you're a duper huh? dupe i'm a duper um mostly because so i had to when i first did the redo and um you need to like protect yourself from cold and like the first cold leg wear that you get early in the game like you need a second pair of cold protection right or a second item oh yeah and um so i was like oh man like i need to i'll I'll just go buy it like they sell it at the store in the rito village or whatever um and it was like not too expensive i think it was like 800 rupees or something like that and i had like 50 or something like you know i just hadn't been getting money for doing anything i hadn't really thought about it and it's not like i hadn't really needed to buy items um but um so i had to like I really grinded to like sell stuff that I didn't necessarily want to sell just because I wanted Mm. to get the thing so I could keep advancing the story. And um, that really annoyed me. And so when I saw the item duping stuff, um, I just duped. I had a diamond anyway. I duped a bunch of diamonds and sold them and made like 30 grand. And strictly for the like, I don't want to be strapped for cash if I need to buy another like environmental outfit. Like that sort of felt lame to me to have to like not do that and then stop and go grind for rupees just to buy like a outfit that you need i purposefully uh told my
0: game not to automatically update to stay on the update that allows you to dupe but i have Mm -hmm. not i've not yet broken the dupe seal yet my game is my
1: game is fine like i had i didn't um like i didn't dupe any other items or anything like that i don't really care to like dupe any of the harder to get like um fusion items or anything like that but um
0: it's interesting to well, me I, that Nintendo fixed that so quickly too because it's like yeah. uh, it's a single player game and it like literally hurts no one anywhere right. if you decide like hey I'm just kind of annoyed with farming yeah. diamonds I'm just going to dupe the shit out of them and yeah
1: well you know, it's like a nice um, it's nice two, twofold because the diamonds are worth a lot to sell and then they're a great fusion item too so like I made some extra diamonds and made all my weapons diamond tier, fused whatever's that adds an extra twenty five attack power or whatever. So um, that was nice too because then um, I don't really like combat either. I don't really like. I avoid those camps oh, like really? you're talking I, about I, I as much as I can because they're just annoying. Like especially earlier in the game, like you can just inadvertently get hit and have like one heart left out of nowhere and then get hit again. Yeah and just die and it's like i didn't really want to fight these guys in the first place or whatever and so the diamond here uh weaponry has been nice to just like waste especially the low level enemies that are just like fodder anyway to not have to like get roped into a dumb fight and then lose for something stupid and then just be annoyed about it i guess i really can't believe what a
0: cheater you are
1: yeah i know i i'm really just cheating myself but um yeah
0: Cheating yourself. Was, out I don't know
1: of the experience. <laughs> <of> farming meat. <laughs> I, I agree with you though, that it's that it should just include something like that for people that want to. This almost feels like the kind of game that's like, here's all the Zelda E stuff. Like, focus on the stuff you like, right? Like yeah. you like building crap, go for it. Build crazy machines. You, you know, whatever. You like fighting people, here's a million cool fights or whatever. You want to just play through the story, believe through the story. But like it it feels like it's removing that element of like hey, you don't like to unnecessarily grind money for equipment? Like, you know, you got to. Sorry, because we're going to patch this glitch or whatever.
0: Yeah, uh, it's um, it's a little weird. I, I was kind of thinking about this. So, you know, Lindsay's playing it, too. And, and so I've already I've beaten I beat the game uh, last week or whatever, just because I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to go for broke on this because I don't want. I'm sure like anything, it's going to become like very acceptable to start talking about spoilery stuff. Um, yeah. And there were a few things that happened in the end that I was like, "Oh fuck, I didn't see that coming. That's kind of cool." Um uh-huh. and uh but a lot dude, the the fighting near the end of the game, like the the slog when you decide like, "Okay, I'm going to go for Ganondorf."
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: fucking hard. Really. I mean, it is hard. as shit. It, like to the point where I was like exhausted of resources and just using like the travel medallion to like cheese through spots where I was just like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna run as far as I can, uh, yeah. and as long as I have life, and then like as soon as I'm about dead, I'm gonna travel, travel medallion <laughs> up here, warp back up, stay at in an inn, come back. Or you down. call me a cheater? I don't. Well, I don't know. That's that's I mean, legal that's, cheating. I guess that's legal cheating.
1: That's cheesing, not cheating. But,
0: um, because have you fought a a lionel yet? The uh, no,
1: but I've seen some videos of dude, those guys. It's just
0: like wildly difficult, and yeah. it's like. I don't know. Well, they like, were like
1: that in the first game too.
0: I I kind of enjoy it, but I'm definitely like on the uh, I I definitely was on the verge of like, okay, I'm kind of I'm getting close to being over this, like. Yeah. Um yeah. particularly, you know, cuz like of course the last fight is one of these fights has got like 87 fucking phases through it. <laughs> and <laughs> I just I don't know. So I thought it was very very difficult. Uh surprisingly so. And what's mm-hmm. um even more surprising is that Nintendo historically has been all about like accessibility in their games. Right. Where, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you take a game like uh, Mario Odyssey or um, uh, Mario Kart, uh, you know, a bunch of Mm -hmm. other ones like these, you know, they've got difficulty sliders where basically it turns into like, you know, kid mode where you can just like hand your toddler controller, they mash the buttons and it just kind of all magically works out. Right. Whereas there's like, no difficulty settings in this which i don't know it's um a little a little interesting to me that they took that approach because it's mm-hmm. become so common now um in pretty much all of these sort of like big name games whether it's you know like last of us god of war or uncharted you name mm-hmm. it but mm-hmm. you said the difficulty is low as and it's usually called something like oh i just want to experience the plot or you know like mm-hmm. whatever else mm-hmm. where it's like the enemies can barely hit you your bullets do insane damage like yeah, also I mean you can just experience the game world, you know, and yeah, I'm a little surprised that that's not in this Zelda. So yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I thought um, a uh, major critique that I've seen um, on this game is that uh, if you don't do certain things, you're gonna have a bad time, and the game sort of expects you. Like it's a little too wide open to let you do what you want when you want, but then also you kind of relies on you triggering certain events and obtaining certain items or whatever that it doesn't really guide you through well enough. So like, um, all the stuff about upgrading like your battery cells and stuff like that, like that oh, yeah. whole thing. You <clears throat> Lindsay totally didn't miss you that, that. And never know.
0: She was watching me play. She's like, how do you have four batteries? And I was like, uh, yeah. Talk to the guy at the starting Island. Like the last person yeah. you talk to before you leave is like, here's how you upgrade this.
1: Yeah. Like, I I feel like I've so far been OK, but reading other people's experiences about it who missed things where I'm like, well, I could see how you could miss that because it really wasn't super explicit that, to I guide you through the tentpole important things to that, learn.
0: That kind of stuff I almost found myself kind of enjoying in this game because like a lot mm-hmm. of the times the quests, like particularly the side quests, are they just like give you a hint, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. send you off in kind of a direction and you sort of discover what you're supposed to do, which like. I don't know. I mm-hmm. found that to be sort of refreshing over
1: kind mm-hmm. of like,
0: um, I don't know, like Skyrim style quests where it's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, they, they might give you a quest that sounds like you have to find something, but then you have a quest marker on your compass mm-hmm. that guides you to like exactly where it is.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But I, I mean, I don't know. I almost think that Zelda should probably have that that you can turn on. Who cares?
1: Yeah. You know That too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the best way to tackle it because I agree with you. Like, I think it's kind of fun to find those things out or be like, holy crap, all this Zonite I've been collecting like is worth, does something or whatever. Like, I didn't see that explained anywhere. Yeah. But um, it also could like screw you because you might just have your one battery and need to fly a far distance or do something weird and then not be able to and be like, what is what is wrong here? Um, so I don't know. I it's, I I agree with the critique. It hasn't really affected me. Um, but I could see how it could be frustrating for people. Um, and I don't really know how to fix that. I think maybe Nintendo realized that was an issue, but was like, we don't want to mess with the open nature of this game. So if you might maybe miss something important, it's that's the breaks, you know, whatever. So I don't know. yeah but,
0: I don't know though. I I feel like the the main like really main tentpole stuff of clear these four dungeons and then go fight Ganon in the castle. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. gotta, I feel like that's pretty hard to miss, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, the very mainline stuff I think is true. I just think it's some of these other smaller systems. Um, that, and, and a lot of the building stuff I've had to kind of discover myself. Yeah. I, like, I was That's a well, Zonite item, but I don't know what it does and you have to kind of tinker yeah. with it. But that's like you said, that's kind of cool to like discover, that you can do certain things like the the Zonite batteries. I didn't know yeah. for the longest time what those were. they were just these cylinders that didn't do anything when I hit them. And I was like, oh, wait, like you attach it to another item and you basically like double how long the thing lasts or whatever. Like that was a pretty big like aha moment for me that was kind of fun to discover on myself, but also kind of frustrating because it was like, I could have used that knowledge a bunch of times yeah. before. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I don't like so... What I noticed with that sort of shit is that it's shrines that teach you that, you know? And yeah, what I found like so the way that I approached the game was like, okay, I just want to the first thing I'm gonna do is open the whole map up. I'm gonna go to every single tower, um, and you know, do that first and then kind of get started. So I was like marking shrines with like the little stamp, but not necessarily doing yep. them because I was like, Yeah, I don't know, this tower is like over here. Like, let me hit right. that and then I'll come back for this. And I never did. Yeah. And then as I was like completed that and then was having trouble with some of the bosses because I had five hearts or something like that. Right.
1: Right. right. I was like, okay,
0: cool. Now I'm going to go back and do a bunch of shrines
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the shrines near like the center, like Hyrule field taught me things where I was like, Oh, okay. Well that would have been nice to know like way yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's kind of interesting how the game sort of assumes that you're, Gonna see things and do them and not mm-hmm. skip them because that is where you'll learn how to do certain things, you know. Yeah,
1: it it totally expects you to work outwards from the center yeah. <laughs> where you start. And uh that's because not always the case in a game like this.
0: Like a, a really good example of that is um so you can do the the shield surfing thing in this, you know.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
0: um, I don't know, I was somewhere in the mountains near the um the sky. Uh, the, 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 the sky temple or whatever the fuck the first one the first one is where you get the yeah the bird guys yeah, um yeah. and i was like man i feel like i should be able to just like ski down this whole thing like this seems yeah. kind of dumb that i'm just running but i don't know how to do yeah. it and yeah. then way later in the game it was like oh you push you jump and push b or you know yeah. jump hold your shield out and push b or something like that and i was like oh that yeah. would have been that would have been nice to know so yeah
1: yeah i don't know um
0: But really fun game. I mean, like, I think they did a really, really good job with, like, environmental storytelling and Mm -hmm. um, things like that. And I just, you know, really genuinely loved how the world itself felt so alive. Yeah. Um, The story, like, story is really, really good in this. Like, you get kind of... Once you go through, like, everything that you're supposed to do and the whole, like, end sequence and stuff, you're like, oh, fuck, like, this is... Interesting innovation from Nintendo to release a Zelda game that actually has a compelling story instead of just like, yeah, i don't know Ganon's back. Just get the fucking Triforce and kill him because yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> that's
1: funny because I I don't care about the story like at all. And I felt that way about Breath of the Wild. And um I watched so I in addition to being a cheater, here's another revelation about me. Um I never beat Ganon in the first game I had 300 hour save file never actually beat the game wacky and so the reason for that was that um so I did everything you do to basically be able to like okay the last thing is go to the castle like
0: collect memories or something like that to unlock
1: it or well I stopped I stopped and was like okay like I don't want to beat it because I don't, I didn't know how it would work if you beat it, if you could continue your game or not. So, both games, you beat the game and
0: then it, like, the credits roll, and then you start back at, like, your autosave just before, like,
1: the point of no return, more or less. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, my main concern then in the first game was, like, I don't want to beat it and then not be able to go back because I really want to find all the Korok seeds and I want to find all the stuff I missed. I basically remember when they, um, remember the hero's path mode was like, like an update for the first game, yes. like yeah, several months after it came out or something. And, um, <clears throat> so once that hero's path thing was there, I was like, Oh crap. Like I can see all the places I've never like even ventured yeah. to. And yeah, there yeah. was kind of a lot. And so that like prompted me to want to do more exploring and kind of like cover every square inch of the whole world. Um, And so that's kind of what the game became to me. Once I got to that point of beat beat Ganon, um, I, uh, stopped and started doing that and did another i mean i probably have 100 hours of just doing crisscrossing the map and trying to see every nook and cranny and then eventually i got distracted stopped playing whatever and so i never went back to beat ganon but um when i restarted the game a few weeks ago or whatever when it before the new one came out um i was sort of like Oh, I think I just want to mainline the main main story and just yeah. go straight through it and get to Ganon and beat him. And I wonder how long that would take. And it was gonna be too much time to actually do that before the new game came out, anyway. But um, so yeah, I I did end up watching a video at one point in time of like what the story was in the first one. It was like lame, anyway. So yeah,
0: um, Breath of the Wild, I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of whatever, like typical Zelda story. This one, I guess, takes place like way before or touches on events with like the creation, the actual creation of like the original Hyrule or mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really, it's still kind of loosey goosey enough that you're like, I yeah. feel like I don't really know what's going on, but it's yeah. uh pretty interesting, I guess. I don't know.
1: Huh? Yeah. I just came across. um I guess there's that there's like a similar thing of like un- unlocking the memories from the first game in this game. And I just came across that one, um, my first one because I hadn't been looking for that sort of thing yeah. or anything, and I hadn't gotten any quests that were like, "Hey, go look for memories" or anything like yeah, that. I just happened across one.
0: Look for like the crop circle looking things.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't know what that was, and then, um, yeah, it triggered this whole cutscene thing or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, this is like the first game," but um, I don't know. Beyond that, I just don't really care about the my- story stuff.
0: Honestly, my biggest problem with playing this stupid ass game was how often I would forget that I had like different abilities, like specifically the one that allows you to like ascend through stuff.
1: I love that. Yeah. Like,
0: I think we talked about this last week, but like it Mm -hmm. just persisted through my whole stupid playthrough. Like I would be like, man, I just like, I guess I just need to climb this and like, fuck, I don't know, stamina. I need to like pop the stamina food or build this bridge and then like. I'll do all this shit and then I'll look at it and be like, Oh, I-, I just need to ascend right here. This is all, <laughs> all you have to do. <laughs>
1: I've done that a bunch of times in caves where you like go in this crazy, particularly under um the cave. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but the in the um the little bunker in the first town that you can go down in. Oh, and yeah. Then well, there's wells the wall.
0: everywhere, also. Oh, the like wells, the,
1: too. Yeah, like that's yeah. That's I want to like find the all the thing. wells, like that. There, there's a lot of collectathon type stuff in this, yeah,
0: place. yeah. 900 korok seeds like is there 900 oh like i believe so There, i think there were in the last game there was a, yeah. in the first game i think too yeah.
1: yeah um but yeah under there's a weird um cave where you unlock like the bad version of the blessed statues or whatever that let you respect i think your, that your i think you get so. that
0: as soon as you beat what any 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 temple i think that
1: oh okay is. but yeah i um that cave goes on for a while and it, it's got a lot of branching paths or whatever. And then it kind of culminated in this big room with one of those giant rock monsters. And I was like, I am not in the mood to fight this dude right now. <laughs> and so I was like, man, I don't want to like wind my way all the way back out this cave or whatever. But it was like, Oh, i can just like go through the ceiling and be out like yeah, in- instant yeah. exit. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, very
0: good game. Uh love
1: it. Not even close to stopping being done with it. No. Are you gonna go back and play it more? It sounds like you're on to Diablo now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean Diablo
0: just came out yesterday and I don't know. Yeah. I really, really, really liked the Diablo beta and um oh. the retail one seems really good. I I paid the uh the twenty dollar upcharge to play it four days early. So at minimum I'm gonna play it this weekend.
1: Oh my god, what are you? Rich?
0: Uh apparently a the kind of fucking idiot that buys the ultimate edition (laughs) oh speaking Um, of speaking of buying things one thing mm. we didn't touch on Mm -hmm. the dumb shit we didn't need so um, i've uh i was posted on mastodon about this today but i um so i've I've had shitty rice makers like my whole life you know like just the Uh 20 dollar walmart special black and decker Uh kind of thing you know uh uh-huh. and then we got the instant pot and I'm all about mm-hmm. the instant pot right but it makes great um, rice Yeah the, the problem is we used ours so much that the um I can't figure out if we've just like worn it out or what the inner pot part I don't it's like it's not it's not sealing properly and I ordered a new mm-hmm. seal mm-hmm. and that didn't solve the problem and hmm. um I don't know i was reading like all this shit that i got on this youtube rabbit hole of like oh well here you need to like tweak this little weight thing in it because like yeah. it's not it's it gets stuck with all this crap and then it doesn't like pop up and and then if it doesn't do that then it won't mm. start building pressure and
1: mm-hmm. i was just
0: like oh man like i don't know but we the only thing uh i mean the primary use for the instant pot for us lately has just been making rice so I was like, you know what like mm. i'm done being frustrated with this thing like having everything else ready for dinner and the fucking instant pot just like won't work to make rice so yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm fucking I've been putting off buying a nice rice maker forever. I wanted this one that they've been posting about on Wirecutter for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's outstanding. The Zojirushi or whatever. The I know. Japanese I think brand I know what you're with talking about, elephant, you know. Yeah, yeah. It looks like mm-hmm. an egg. Yes. Uh, makes 5 cups of rice and it's like seriously fucking unbelievable. I oh, it is.
1: it. Really? Cuz you
0: wouldn't think like it would make that big of a deal, right? I was just like mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what, I am. I, I don't. I've been of this mindset with kitchen stuff specifically for a long time, where it's just like, you know what, I'm 40 years old now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done buying cheap shit that mm-hmm. like wears out. Like, I want to buy like, yeah. if I'm gonna get something, I'm gonna get the nice one. Yeah. You know, save up for it, get the nice one, and then just mm-hmm. kind of check that off the list. Like, cool, we don't need right. to worry about a rice maker for right. a hopefully long amount of time, right? Um. So a lot of rationalization to, to go into buying this thing, but extremely happy with it. Uh, it like seriously makes like Chinese restaurant style nice. quality uh, rice in it. So that's exciting. It was two hundred bucks though, so I don't know. Two hundred
1: dollars for a eh. rice maker seems what what's money? <clears throat> seems um, kind of
0: crazy to me, but oh, you could know. have
1: bought uh, two thirds of another lightsaber.
0: That's true, <laughs> or uh, uh. two two copies of Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's so, it's crazy. Everything's so expensive yeah, I, now that, like these, these things like are, almost
1: feel reasonable. Yeah, are right. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting you to say a thousand dollars or something like that. No, I, I you have...
0: can spend a thousand dollars on like one of their high-end ones for like for an actual like Chinese restaurant that make like yeah. 15 yeah. cups of rice or
1: something ridiculous like that. and. I've farted around with getting an espresso machine a bunch of different times. And I, it's the same type of rabbit hole where you're like, like it's been a hundred bucks, but most people say it's bad and it won't last or whatever. Or you can spend like $500 and get like a decent for a a consumer countertop model, or you can spend like three grand and get one that is basically what a coffee shop would buy itself.
0: So a friend of mine, a really friend of mine has, that was like their COVID splurge was like, Mm -hmm. we're not going out for coffee anymore. This is ridiculous. Like our companies gave us like a small stipend for like, you know, comfort at home kind of thing because the office is closed and stuff. We're going to spend that money on like a really nice espresso machine. And the problem that, I mean, as an outside observer, it just seems like an enormous pain in the ass, right? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, if you were at an actual coffee shop pulling espresso mm-hmm. shots like all day long, this thing mm-hmm. would always be cranking. It would always be hot. You know, it, mm-hmm. you would just be mm-hmm. putting in and out all day long. But like when you make right. like like two shots for like a drink, it is mm-hmm. an absurd amount of fucking around. You yeah. just do that <laughs> and then clean it up and everything else. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't
1: know. I think you just get used to it because um, I've had friends that that have the little espresso makers and it's just like, the coffee they make is so unbelievably good that I feel like you get to a point where it's like the work involved. Isn't that bad. Yeah. That said, I'm still like a drip coffee maker guy. Yeah, Cause just, you can just set it in the morning and we be just done. Have a nice
0: drip coffee maker. That... I do.
1: We, we've, we've taken to the, the bad habit of we picked up um, having coffee in the afternoons now too, because the kids oh. keeping us up at night. And so, um, but that would be the nice thing is like the afternoon, like pull a shot and make an espresso drink. I think would be nicer than I mean, like you could another... always
0: <clears throat> try to break the seal with like one of those little silver kind of Italian espresso pot things that go on the stove.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know
0: people that swear by those, but I don't know. Again, it seems no, like really. around to me.
1: Well, when I bought, so I had a similar epiphany with um the coffee maker the last time I bought one because it was like normally the $30 Mr. Coffee from mm-hmm. Target that would last like a year or two and then you'd, you'd replace it. Yeah. And yeah. um especially the ones with like the burner bottoms um always seem to have problems and they were always like growth. And so um I was like why should I buy a $30 coffee maker every year? I'll just spend extra and have a coffee maker oh, yeah. last a long time. And so I bought like not nothing too crazy but I think my coffee maker was like $130 or something yeah. but it has like stainless steel carafe, like the insulated carafe. It doesn't have a burner bottom and then um it's uh got really good temperature control. So it actually makes like decent coffee as opposed to like yeah. the $30 stuff. We have
0: we have an OXO one that, again, I spent like a hundred bucks that's on. That's ours.
1: Yeah, OXO. They, they make it's really good. Fucking everything. fantastic. It's lasted for um, years and years
0: and years. And yeah, I was the same deal where it was like, I feel like I was going through the Walmart special, I don't yeah. know, every year or two maybe.
1: At least every year, yeah. And so, um, but when, alongside buying that, I bought a new <clears> grinder <throat> too. And I bought a burr grinder. And so oh. it's like I have the OXO, um,
0: the matching OXO burr grinder. Is that your saying? You? <laughs> <Man.
1: laughs> no, my mine's Baratza, which was like the it's like a very oh. fancy yeah, grinder. I, couldn't, I know the one
0: you're talking about. That's like the one that comes up like when you search like best coffee grinder like everywhere. Yeah, it's like the intro model that that's
1: a same company that's like, oh, you want a grinder for your coffee shop? Here's this one. You know what I mean? But they also do make like entry level ones. I think this one was similar, like a 100 bucks or something. Yeah, I know the exact Um, one you're
0: talking about because I looked at I just couldn't rationalize it because like we just drink the fucking Costco coffee. Like uh, if I was drinking like anything fancy, I would be all about like the Okay, we need to like dial in like the grind size and all this stuff. But yeah, we buy the cheapest shit that they sell at Costco and (laughs) drink too much of it and i don't care yeah. or notice the difference so that we
1: we use costco beans too I they're actually really good their medium roast is great but um it's fun messing around with the grind um the different grind levels too because for a, a long time i was grinding it way too fine and the coffee was super strong and good but then we were going through beans like crazy fast mm-hmm. and so i was like oh, i need to dial this down and rough it up a little bit but um but the point being is that the grinder I have would be perfectly acceptable if I had an espresso machine and yeah. needed to like. that. That's why that. they recommend it as like, yeah, a, this is the grinder to get your yeah. dip
0: your toe into serious coffee.
1: Yeah. So I think <clears> one of these days um, I have one on my Amazon list that keeps going on sale and it's very tempting. But there's like, I think it's the same price as the other thing. I think it's like 130 bucks for this like, um little shot polar with a little milk frother and it's like yeah. nothing fancy, but it has great reviews. And, um, you know, it would be like a third companion to my little coffee appliances that if I wanted a shot to make espresso drinks, I could, um, but I haven't been able to convince Pam to, to agree with me on that. Yeah. One of these days.
0: I don't know. I just, am not, not that wild about espresso stuff. I don't, I don't know how you do afternoon coffee though. I feel like, I, for whatever reason, like I can drink coffee like all morning from like yeah. 8 a.m. until noon. And then I'm usually yeah. I'll eat lunch and I'll be done with coffee for the day. But like and that doesn't that's fine for me. But man, if yeah. I have coffee like after like three in the afternoon, like I don't know what it is about me, but I am just, I am like I feel like a like I'm on meth like the rest of
1: really? the day. Really? Yeah. See, that's sad because I have the opposite <clears throat> feeling where I drink the coffee in the afternoon thinking that I need the boost, but it almost it almost makes me more tired. Like yeah, I, I don't know why I do it. Huh. And um now, unfortunately, now it's one of those things I super look forward to where I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to have coffee at two or three PM. But yeah, it doesn't keep me up or or nothing. Um weird. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh,
0: everyone needs their ritual. My grandma used to, she probably still does, drink uh wine to, to go with Jeopardy every day at I don't know, it comes on 2 <laughs> 30 in the afternoon or whatever the yeah.
1: fuck. Comes <laughs> Oh, stuff. man, I can't wait it. on that old. Yeah, yeah. shit. Well, so
0: um, um speaking of getting old, Jared, uh-huh. uh, yeah. how much have you been following the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, movie stuff?
1: Nothing watch beyond watch just... Yeah, I watched the trailer when it was released a couple weeks ago. I actually posted about it.
0: I uh, So I've been... Uh, I don't know how I got on this rabbit hole of like uh the internet zeitgeist of Five Nights at Freddy's, but like everything surrounding this movie has been pretty funny as far as like mm-hmm. just like people making memes and stuff. Because like mm-hmm. when you think about it, like you know, let me actually like look up the live. The yeah, so <clears throat> game came out in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you played this game you know, when you were a teenager, like, say you were like, you know, 12 years old, like you're an adult mm-hmm. now, right? Like, yeah. So I've yeah. seen like all these like really funny memes and, and uh, TikTok videos and stuff like that of like this trailer, like activating people like the, uh, like the winter soldier shit, or you know, just like, <laughs> like people discovering like their fight club alter ego, like hearing like the music <laughs> from the trailer or something like that. Yeah. Um, so this, this got me kind of like, so I don't know. I was never like super duper into Five Nights at Freddy's. I mean, obviously, no. we, we covered it and everything because yeah. it was so popular. But like I, it just like uh, jump scares have never really like worked on me or, same. you know, same like way, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it just it, it seemed like Five Nights at Freddy's to some extent was like almost a potentially accidentally a game that was like perfect for reaction videos. Right. Yeah. Where it was oh, like. Yeah. There's accidentally like, for sure here's here's the jump scare that allows me to like lie backwards off my seat and make like the a crazy YouTube video and all this stuff yeah. right yeah. um which is like I don't know I <clears throat> even even like horror movies like I don't like jump scare centric horror movies like don't really do anything for me I like the more Same. kind of like creepy supernatural sort like of psychological like, horror or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah 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 like unsettling kind of stuff more than yeah um like boo, <laughs>
1: yeah like that yeah, <laughs> that stuff but, doesn't work on me either
0: no I, I just sit there and I'm like oh, okay I was okay whatever yeah. um so I think as a result I never really got into Five Nights at Freddy's um it never did too much to me either um but there's this the excitement surrounding the movie had this week I was like you know what I'm gonna like and I've heard people like referring to like the Five Nights at Freddy's lore and like all of the crazy yeah. bullshit surrounding it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch a YouTube explainer about this. And I was like, mm-hmm. really? I'll like mm-hmm. just do some like quick little like three minute video that explains like what Five Nights at Freddy's all about. These videos later. are like, yeah, they're <laughs> like an hour plus long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: because like what I didn't realize, and this is just, I guess, me being old and stupid, was that like mm-hmm. there are so many fucking games. Yeah. And there are so many like uh secondary kind of materials that mm-hmm. um participate in the canon, including like mm-hmm. books and comic books and um mm-hmm. like uh spin-off uh like games that yeah. I guess like a new developer like took over and made some additional games or I don't really I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot, right? They're like a fucking shitload. So
1: mm-hmm, like for
0: me, I was like, Oh, I, I I don't know where they're getting like the full story from. Cause like when I I think the I don't know when I was playing the Nights at Freddy's games when they came out, it was all like, Oh, you're an overnight security guard and you need to kind of like watch the cameras like Night Trap and Yeah, you know, right. I was like, How are these kids like getting like story stuff out of this? Cause when I play it, yeah. it's like okay, you're watching the animal or the animatronic near you got to close the door at the right time, like very right, right, like right night trap style gameplay, you know? And, you know, it just it never made sense to me. Right. So after watching these videos, like this shit goes so deep, it is just out of this world, like almost to the point that like the stuff that happens in the actual like mainline games is like feels like 2% of the actual like larger like Five Nights at Freddy's universe.
1: Yeah. And I what I think is cool about that is that um it's almost all fan generated, right? Or like, you know, because Scott Coffin was so involved with the community, a lot of their like, you know, theories and things that they came up with like ended up making it into games or whatever. And so it's sort of like a combined creative process, I think, between the fans and the creator, which I think makes that even that more appealing for the people that were fans already. Well, I mean, um,
0: to me, the whole, like everything surrounding... The original genesis of Five Nights at Freddy's, I always thought was pretty interesting because it was like such a quintessential example of like random person that has been making games for a long time. Like he was like Scott Cawthon was making like weird Bible games and stuff like that. You know mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. no one really cared about. Like I'm sure he probably had fans that mm-hmm. you know played the games. I mean because clearly he was making a bunch of them, so I guess he mm-hmm. was doing something good with it. But like you know, like nothing you ever would have heard of, right? And then just like mm-hmm. randomly struck gold with. Five Nights Mm -hmm. at Freddy's. And it was just like a single developer that from an outside perspective seemed like wholly uh, not necessarily incapable, I guess, but like just not sure what to do with like just the unbelievable popularity that came with this.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think like as a result, you know, the, the end result was pretty cool and that, like the dude didn't know what to do. So he just like took the best ideas from the community and was like, OK, this is yeah, this this seems good. But this this just is the premise. It, yeah. for, well, you know, the other
1: thing was like those games were released pretty rapid fire. Like, I think like three of the games came out in the same year or something like that. Like they there wasn't a big gap in between them releasing, um,
0: which yeah, always made a, me. I got the timeline right here. So 2014 okay. is Five Nights at Freddy's one and two 2015 mm-hmm. was three and four. And then there was a gap in 2016 with that Five Nights at Freddy's World, and then mm-hmm. Sister Location came out.
1: Oh, yeah, that crappy RPG thing. And then,
0: like immediately after that, was Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I feel like that when I was reading when I was posting the trailer for the movie because I was like, oh my god, this thing's still a thing, and like it has mm-hmm. an actual trailer and release date. Um. And you look back at how long because the movie plans came out pretty quickly when during that 2014 or 2015 span, when it was like the hottest thing in the world. Um, And so you're like, how's this movie taking this long? Especially when, you know, you're releasing games so quickly and you're you're signing merch deals and stuff like that. You're really striking while your iron is hot. Yeah. Yeah. But with the movie, they completely did not do that. And so now it's whatever, eight years later or something. It's like, how many people really care about this movie. I don't know how crazy the fan base is anymore too. Cause like you said, a lot of people are like in their late teens or early twenties now that were like big fans back in the day. So, um,
0: yeah, I don't know. This is weird. This to me just seems like it's going to be, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this does because, um, in an era where people were still buying DVDs, I would say this would be like a movie that would positively bomb at the box office. But then like, yeah. Be like office space where it's like, holy fuck, these guys sold a hundred million DVDs of this movie yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how this is going to play out because like, you know, it's un, uh, undeniable that five nights at Freddy's was a kind of cultural moment for like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to think of like, like what an analog would sort of be for us because like, you know, when we were, when we were teenagers it wasn't really possible for things to go like super viral
1: and yeah i guess like star the wars time, would be a one when i was in in high school and stuff but maybe that was something that's been around for decades
0: yeah i don't know i guess for me like maybe like lord of the rings stuff like i was really like lord of mm-hmm. the rings as a kid then they made the movies and i was like oh fuck yeah i'm super into this yeah so maybe the five nights at freddy's movies for or I guess movie singular. We don't know if it's plural yet. Um, oh, yeah. Probably exists for the same kind of hole for people that have this like super strong nostalgia for this like IP that is sort of like a cult <laughs> thing, but not really that yeah. just comes out of nowhere. And now you got money to like go see a movie right. or buy it or yeah. you know, whatever else. Cause you're an adult yeah. and not, yeah. you know, skis in uh, surveys for iTunes credit to yeah. up with $3 to buy the game.
1: Well, I can't um, I can't think like um, just based on what I've seen from the trailer, I feel like this this movie will succeed if it doesn't take itself seriously at all. And it doesn't seem like it will. Right. Like it needs to be fun, campy horror. Right. And right. I think it's like, OK, too. Like, I think there's definitely a potential here to be like appealing to non-fans because like the premise alone is good right like animatronics at a pizza yeah place like come in, alive and kill evil people. chuck e
0: cheese kind of thing totally but,
1: yeah. yeah so like if you don't even know the games or know anything about it like chances are probably pretty much everyone has like heard of five nights at freddy's in some way but like if you don't know anything about the games there's a chance too that you just like horror movies and think it looks cool yeah. and it will be yeah. a good movie so um yeah it's definitely doesn't feel i feel like Five or six years ago would have been the time to be like, hey, fan base, here's your movie, you know. But then at that same time, who could have gone to go see it? Because the fan base skewed really young. Yeah. So if you're going to see some crazy, gory, rated R horror Yeah, movies, you know,
0: that that's actually a really good point. That, like, there's potentially a good chance that, like, maybe parents didn't really... I don't know. It, it, almost, it probably was, like, a taboo nature to this game. Because you know, you're playing it this gory, like, scary game... On your own little personal screen that your parents don't really know about so like it might have been a hard sell to be like hey mom take me to this like ultra gory horror movie based on (laughs) these things yeah this game that i love you know as opposed to now you can be like fuck yeah dude i'm gonna go see it and then i'm gonna buy it on itunes or whatever else
1: yeah that's a good point maybe they they did themselves a favor by letting everyone age up because now those original fans are old enough to actually see the movie or something or i don't know maybe 5 nights at freddy just is, still has a huge fan base that spans all ages and it gets new fans i don't i don't really know cuz we haven't possible. been following it but um i mean clearly
0: they're still i mean they're releasing these books and other shit cuz people are yeah. are buying them i mean there's still yeah. you know there's still games coming out there's uh 5 nights at freddy's help wanted um just came mm-hmm. out i think mm-hmm. uh i don't know there's <clears throat> it's uh, I don't know. It's I, I guess for me, what I'm what I'm curious of is like how deep in the lore do you, does the actual movie go right? Because yeah, that was was kind of interesting. Watching watching different YouTube videos is that like there's definitely sort of an inflection point when um the authors of the books I think had to be like okay, well we need like more to talk yeah. about than yeah spooky. Chuck E. Cheese with uh, animatronics that come to life and kill you like we need a we need a plot or a reason or motivation or whatever else. And um, so what I what I wasn't aware of, having read none of these books, is they kind of so the the games to me always had this sort of like, I don't know, like uh, like mad scientist kind of like uh, mechanical tinkerer gone rogue Mm -hmm. that you know, Mm -hmm. has resulted in these like evil robot kind of things. And Mm -hmm. it almost had kind of like a like a uh, Edward Scissorhands sort of thing where it's like Mm -hmm. they don't really get too explainy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like to the benefit of the overall universe, because like, mm-hmm. imagine how weird Edward hands would be as a movie if it was like, okay, now we're going to spend a half hour explaining how these hands work and how like, <laughs> you know, how, how we're going to transplant the, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, the mechanical, uh, scissors into these like porcelain hands and how they're going to come to life and all this stuff. It's just like, yeah. it just kind of exists as it is. And you just sort of fill in the blanks with whatever you think, you know, like, yeah is Edward a robot Android kind of thing is, is you yeah. know, is do these hands even work? Like, oh, it right, right, kind right, of right. doesn't really matter, you know, to yeah. uh, the larger thing. But, but the the problem <clears throat> was with Five Nights at Freddy's is to get into these books, they had to kind of come up with like those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. <clears throat> in the, in the books, they um, invent this thing called remnant, which is effectively like it kind of like retcons a lot of the motivation of the original games and that like the reason that these, and I'm probably butchering this. So if you're a huge five minutes mm-hmm. at Freddy lore person and you're like, well, no, actually it's here, an this angry is wrong, Yeah. wrong. Um, they, they, they like kind of retcon it to be like the reason that these different robots are like killing kids and stuff is because they're like capturing their souls and to uh-huh. extract this, like, I don't know, like essence called remnant, which kind of to me, reads like what they were saying, like people were doing at comet pizza with like the adrenal chromes mm-hmm. and like harvesting some like, you know, fountain of youth kind of chemical from kids or something like that. Yeah.
1: Oh, Lord. Um.
0: So as soon as they started getting into that, I was like, okay, this is a little wacky. And like, I hope that they don't yeah. kind of get into this sort of like weird because because I think the Five Nights at Freddy's exists in this really good spot where it's like ampy, gory, kind of like uh, weirdo, mad scientist, kind of like horror world but as soon as you sort of like push that too hard into like oh and it's also the supernatural thing like i think that becomes yeah. like a little too much
1: can't, it, there doesn't need to be a reason for killer robots to want to kill children yeah <laughs> you know. I mean? I mean it's that's... like yeah it's
0: like it's like you know if you don't you need to explain like, that like old campy horror movies like you'll killer clowns from outer space it's like okay yeah. well, now let's examine the motivations of the clowns like why are they on earth yeah. why are they killing people why it's like who cares what problems they're are they having on their clowns? home planet they're here <laughs> yeah. to kill you we need to stop them like that's all there is to it who cares
1: yeah yeah um
0: so i don't know i'm i'm excited to kind of follow this whole thing as someone that's you know just sort of been on the sidelines of the yeah. five nights at freddy's phenomenon for you yeah. know i don't know a decade now or whatever i was so- going to
1: mention something that this whole thing reminds me of <clears throat> very similar fashion um with all of its lore and its fan community and stuff like that but definitely has not mainstream um same mainstream level is the rusty lake games mm-hmm. and those have been like super cool because it's like pretty much just a a couple of guys like it's it's more than that now but it was like a very small team that made those games originally and they kind of took off with fan stuff and then there was all this sort of like lore that got built out and then nowadays it's fun because they'll release a new game they'll make a game built around a character that was like mentioned once in a game like five years ago or something you know what i mean and it it means that everything that the fans are like oh my god we finally get to learn about like so and so or whatever and so um yeah i always really love the rusty lake like universe for that because the fans are really into it and um the developers have really like catered to them in a lot of ways by like you know releasing all this stuff and having little easter eggs here and there that kind of builds up that like love of something right like if you find hidden little things and there's like connecting dots everywhere like you you like something more because of that i think so
0: yeah, um, and I feel like for the Five Nights at Freddy's movies to be successful, and I would hope that the producers would realize it's like they need to have like someone on staff that like or multiple people on staff where it's like your entire job is to tell us like where to sneak references into this movie yes. that like other Five Nights at Freddy's games.
1: 100%. This game needs Easter eggs out the wazoo yeah, for, like, for all the fans.
0: Yeah, like like seriously, like every five minutes, like a hardcore fan needs to be like, or, or less. Somebody's like, oh, oh shit, that's yeah. that's so-and-so, or that's when this happens, yeah. or No, whatever I totally else. agree. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Um will I go see the theater? Probably not.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's comes day and date it's streaming. So oh, theater oh, Peacock. So cool. I'll probably
0: watch it on Peacock. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll watch it on the streaming thing, no problem.
1: I'm going to go I'm going to rewind back to a Zelda thing because I meant to mention this. This probably would have been more helpful for people if I mentioned this when they earlier when the game came out, but um so we we're talking remember when we were like kind of on the fence, if we were even going to buy the new Zelda or not, and it was like, oh my God, $70, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I never knew what Nintendo's voucher system was, but I got an email about it, and Zelda was like released as one of the games you can buy with a voucher. And so if you don't know what the voucher system is, you basically spend a hundred bucks and you get two vouchers that you can spend on a game whenever you want, up to a year, I think. Um, And so if you know you're going to buy a game and you'll want another game down the line in the next year, it does, it makes total sense to buy this voucher thing because then you're making the game be 50 bucks and there's a limited number of games it works on, but the list is pretty good. And it's like, I looked through all the games you can spend vouchers on and it's like a lot of them already had anyway, but there was a couple that I didn't. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like, you know, I'm only really playing switch again because of the new Zelda, but, um, you know, I've always wanted that like Kirby game, that remake Kirby, Kirby game or whatever, you know, like stuff that I never ended up picking up that had come out recently ish, but didn't want to like drop 60 bucks on or whatever. And so, um, I haven't spent it yet. Cause I'm still waiting. You have a year, right. And it's like, if something else comes out that I really, really want, uh, it's basically already paid for, but, um, it it essentially made Zelda cost fifty bucks because I did it this way, which I was like, that's kind of awesome. Like I don't know, even though I spent a hundred bucks, right? Like I'm getting I, a future game for free that'll probably be a sixty dollar game. Um, yeah, I, I saw so it's some. Like you're people... saving money in two ways by like pre-buying, I guess, or whatever. Yeah,
0: I, I saw some people kind of talking about this system, which you can apparently like uh, also stack with buying e gift cards. So, like, and there's a few places where you can get mm. eShop gift cards for a little bit cheaper, like Costco okay. being one of them uh-huh, and stuff uh-huh. like that. So, it's, like, um, and probably it wouldn't surprise me if, like, on gg.deals there's some shady way yeah. to buy That's eShop gift cards That's a good because, yeah, you, so, there
1: is a lot of gift card deals.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, say you get $100 worth of eShop credit for, like, I don't know, 80 bucks or yeah. whatever, and then you flip that into a voucher thing where you're getting yeah. two $70 games for 50 bucks like that. Yeah, that's savings good. right there. Particularly yeah. For like first party mm-hmm. Nintendo stuff that like never goes on yeah. sale,
1: you know? Right. Totally. Um, so anyway, yeah, I just thought uh, that was a cool way to sort of ease the the pain, I guess, of not wanting to spend 70 bucks on a game, even though I ended up spending 100. Yeah. But so I did Costco, buy a future game. You can
0: get 100 bucks in eShop gift cards for $90 at Costco. I mean, Sam's it all adds up, but
1: it, stuff, if you yeah. buy a lot of games, then it makes sense to do this. You can, I think you can have eight vouchers at a time. They do limit oh, it. Wow. So you can't just like buy a million vouchers. But, um, if you know for sure in the next year, you're going to be buying a first party game of some type. Um, it totally makes sense to do this. So I got a voucher in my back pocket for whenever, and I essentially got Zelda for 50 bucks or, I got Zelda for 70 bucks and I got some other future game for 30. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So either way, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I wanted to mention that in case people didn't know about the voucher system because I'd seen it mentioned before and never really paid attention to what it is. Um, It's actually pretty cool. And I was really surprised they'd have a game like Zelda on there. Um, I wonder if they did that specifically for people like me to discover vouchers and like, you know, think it's a good thing or or whatever. Yeah, I don't
0: know that that kind of psychology works on me pretty well because like I I don't know, I I ended up just buying it outright. I don't give a shit like whatever, Mm -hmm.
1: like um, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. But I could definitely
0: see a reality where I was like, oh, this voucher system seems like a better deal. And then me just having Nintendo having a 100 of my dollars and me sitting around with a voucher for that expires. Just knows how long <laughs> that I just eventually three sixty
1: four. You're like shit. I gotta spend this on something. Whatever. Oh, so they're only good like they actually expire. The vouchers. I think you have twelve months to use from date oh, of, of buying the voucher. So huh. another game that I want. I mean, that's why I looked through the catalog and made sure there was stuff I wanted on there that hadn't I hadn't bought yet. But I just didn't pull the trigger on that because I'm not gonna be playing another game anyway. But um, but then I was like, well. Let's see what happens in the next year cuz Nintendo's bound to release something that I'll want and then boom I can use the voucher but if I for some reason didn't I'll know I can at least buy something I wanted with it. Um I don't know. It's a cool system. I I back it. So. Yeah. I don't know. I guess like
0: Pikmin 4 maybe. That's kind of sad. I, really, I,
1: I want to like Pikmin more than I think I do. Advance Wars 1 and um, 2 maybe? Yeah, I think there was two games or maybe three that I was like already had on my wish list or something like that. So, but I didn't want to immediately spend it too because I was like, I'd rather hang on to this just in case something more interesting comes out. And it's not like Octopath I have the Traveler of- 2,
0: maybe. Way. I think that's yeah. already out though. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good kind of the, selection, right? Kind of the
0: problem is like you know you you get like an enormous like tentpole first party game, and then you're just like, well, okay, well, what's what's next up? Well, the this? selection,
1: every... I was surprised there were so many good games on it too, because it could just be like, well, here's every Mario Party is as, as your only option yeah, yeah, or yeah, you know, yeah. something. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, I'm
0: si- I think Mario Party would be uh, fun with the the fam.
1: <clears throat> probably, I should probably try doing that. I actually I have a Wii that I've been meaning to hook up to because I feel like the kid is the four-year-old's old enough to play mm-hmm. Wii and would get a kick out of bowling and stuff. But I'm also like not sure about him throwing the remotes. Like I I want to tie it on pretty tight around his wrist. Well, you got to get the
0: little padded thingers.
1: Yeah, I think I have those actually. But uh, yeah, I don't oh, know. Luigi's I do Mansion. If you've never played movie. Luigi's
0: Mansion, that's like, that's a pretty strong buy.
1: I got that and have never played
0: it. Oh man, it is really good. Well, I got it for the
1: Game Awards,
0: and it's it's one of these fucking Nintendo games where it's like I don't know what monkey's paw wish these guys did to make this game look as good as it does on like a what amounts to a fucking ten year old game hardware, you know? Like this is like truly insane.
1: Yeah. Um, No, I really want to play that. I I did the dumb thing when it came out and was like, I want to replay. The first two and so i was playing them on the 3ds and i actually um got to like the very end of the first one and then got distracted and then i never Mm. picked up the second one not like it matters right like it's not like oh you got to play the first two luigi's mansions to understand three or whatever no no it's freaking ghost catching awesome game so yeah i should I, i should there's a lot of switch games i should be spending more time with but um that's one of them for sure
0: yeah.
1: <clears throat> okay. My voice is giving out. Feels well, we like got, we've probably been doing read, this for like a read hour. that
0: fucking email from <laughs> oh uh,
1: thank you for reminding last me. time that we like a month ago now. Let's yeah. See. This is a long email. Let's see. So um <clears throat> uh April <clears> May. <throat> so two months ago, um we got an email from Connor who was a first time listener because he follows Sean. Remember that? Oh, cool. And um, <clears throat> was like, yeah, I liked, you know, listening to your stuff, especially about like parents dealing with their uh, streaming boxes and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so this was from May 11th. So it was a good few weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> hope I can get through this with my voice. So Connor writes us back again, says it's me again. Just send a message since I've kept listening and hope your trip goes well. This was prior to us going to Orlando. Mm. Um, I was particularly curious about Jared's legacy box situation and how that went. Since being in a Fox News household where my grandma watches that channel way too much, both on TV and radio, I heard an ungodly amount of ads for that service for quite some time. It finally stopped. It finally stopped a bit recently. I think he's talking about you and your legacy box situation, which we do need an update on that.
0: Oh, but, yeah. Um, so here's here's the update on on that is they uh, it's all a scam. So I sent them 40 tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, They digitized like six of them. And then they said that like the rest of them were damaged and could not be digitized. However, I find that to be very doubtful because like they basically like looking at them when I got them back, it was like if the tape was dirty, they didn't touch it basically
1: wow and it's like
0: okay well these they're fucking 30 years old man like they're not like i don't know if i should have, like cleaned them or what but like no um so i kind of feel a little bamboozled because like they yeah. um uh, i hit them up on chat well so i actually should check and make sure they refunded me because they were like oh we'll just refund you for the tapes that we couldn't digitize and i was like okay um the yeah, problem is better i, I wanted to digitized though so right. like this is not like the money is not really uh the issue as much as mm-hmm. i just kind of want to the
1: service i paid for yeah. yeah i just
0: wanted this done and they were like oh well you know we uh for damaged tapes we recommend this service you know blah blah blah, blah. And, and then it was kind of like it's like a different company but then i was like you know what i wonder if i look into this if it's like gosh. Uh, like it's like this corporation same company <laughs> But they just, like, run you through this bamboozle where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, your tapes are super fucked. Uh, turns out you got to, like, use this way more expensive service. Yeah, totally. So, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence between, like, sending, like, one or two tapes off to this other service to kind of, like, Mm-mm. see what they do. Um,
1: don't don't be a tear in a pyramid scheme.
0: Uh, or just like trying to just find a nice VCR and just like sticking one in I and mean, being like, does this even play at all? Like are these.
1: Yeah. I would for sure try to do this on your own or yeah. find the local guy that you weren't jazzed about Cause at least it's somebody you can talk to in person. Yeah. Um, and not have like, ship like, stuff. Very
0: clearly. Uh, they only did like the, what looked like the newest and cleanest tapes, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which
0: I don't know. It seems suspect to me. Yeah. Like I was, I could see if it was like, Oh yeah. You know, it turns out a couple of these, like we couldn't play them or whatever, but
1: yeah. I don't know. Out just of like, how many you sent. Yeah. Yeah. It seem- really sounds strange. like a scam to me. <clears throat> um, well, that's a shame. At least you got your tapes back, though, because yeah, I was waiting yeah, for yeah. to be like, oh, oh no, they digitized no. six and then threw out the rest and said they lost them or
0: something. Yeah, no, I got to
1: I got it like weirdly quick. So that's cool, I guess. But um so he finishes off that thought by saying, as much as I have lots of old VHS VHS stuff I'd like to save, I am heavily cautious against the whole idea of that program with giving my stuff to practical strangers and whatnot. So Yeah, I would feel very nervous about that too.
0: Yeah, the shipping turned out not to really be a problem. It was just like the fucking getting it done was.
1: (laughs) I'm curious how the status of that is currently, and if it's akin to the Inside Edition report where the tapes got lost or destroyed, or if they took great care and did as they were supposed to. Hopefully, the latter. Um. So yeah, there you go. There's your update. It's not. Yeah, like
0: part of me almost wants to like like take advantage of like another legacy box sale, but like clean the tapes a little bit before i send them in and if suddenly they're magically playable you know yeah Just like because I, I didn't do any i didn't wipe them off or anything they were just dusty old yeah. fucking tapes you know
1: i mean you could get like one of those vhs tape head cleaners or something like that but i don't even know those things are probably like collector's items and a million dollars
0: yeah well that that's kind of like you know part of the reason why i did this because originally i was like looking for a vcr and it was like fuck man like a a VCR that doesn't look like a piece of shit is like yeah. 200 bucks now.
1: You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a huge VHS collection of skate videos. And so from the time I was 12 years old, I've been collecting like skate videos and they would always come on VHS. And then um, DVDs didn't start really getting popular. I mean, halfway through the 2000s, I would say you were still getting like VHS tapes. And Oh, um, oh yeah. So I have like, I had like a trunk, like a whole crazy old school trunk um, filled with VHS tapes and, and my VCR. And I gave them all to my buddy that owns skate shop because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. I've held on to them thinking I would like digitize them someday or something. I just never have. So he has my VCR and all these tapes and he plays them all the time and they still work fine and stuff. And really? Yeah, it's kind of cool. So, <sighs> but I'm sort of, I'm sort of bummed. by gave my VCR because I'm like, dang. Now I don't have a yeah. VCR, and if I ever wanted to get one, I mean, I guess I would just borrow it back. But um <clears throat> Okay, finishing off this email. Uh On my end, I've just been playing more Irem stuff on my Evercade EXP, and I'm honestly stunned. iOS only got the first two games and not a port of LEO. We were robbed. And then he says, also, Jared's mic accident made me burst out laughing at work. That was giga epic. Uh That was when I didn't realize I was muted. Was that what it was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> take care and be safe from the funny nya fox break <laughs> i'm probably not pronouncing that right sincerely connor from seafoam gaming so uh thanks connor awesome that a new listener has continued listening and has thoughts and feelings that uh they wanted to share with us so appreciate so here's
0: that. Uh, I just looked on Facebook marketplace near me real quick, just to see what the VHS landscape is mm-hmm. Magnavox, DVD, VCR combo with remote and Ray Stevens tape. Ooh. here is the description Magnavox, DVD and VCR combo with remote works. Great. Come with Steven's tape and a DVD all for 25. If you come to me in Kingston, I do 20. If not, it'd be 25. I can bring it. If it ain't too far. Hey, there you go. Twenty five bucks. Buy it
1: to watch all your VHSs.
0: a Ray Stevens comedy video classics. It Boom. With.
1: Bonus. Yeah, Uh that's not too bad. I guess if it actually worked, or it looks very dirty.
0: I'm sure it is. But... And then like the next one's 150 bucks.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It comes with
0: the bugs life.
1: Oh, well, can't put a price on that. Well, um. This-
0: this is how I get stuck on this yeah, kind of thing. Is don't,
1: like, don't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. You know. uh, all right. Thanks again to Connor for emailing us in. And if anybody else wants to email us, we love to get emails, podcast at dot Share any of your thoughts or feelings or uh, funny jokes or whatever you want. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So let's wrap things up. Uh, thanks again for listening to this week's episode. And as always, could really use your help and your support. Uh visit patreon.com forward slash touch arcade or do your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. And those two things help us keep the site running, which is still hanging by a thread. Um so with all that, thanks again, and we'll be back with another episode of Touch Arcade show next time. See ya.